0: Let's go. To all my listeners, please go to thedifferentbook.com and pick up a copy of my new children's book, Different. 10% of every book sold goes directly to the cystic fibrosis charity, Emily's Entourage, which is searching for a cure for a unique mutation of the cystic fibrosis gene. I recommend Different to children ages 5 and up, Growing up as kids, we sometimes feel like we don't fit in with everyone else, whether it's uh, our curly hair, a mole or freckle we don't like, being too tall or too short, the list goes on. Different teaches kids that we all have our thing and everyone is different, which means being different is normal. I'm very excited about this book and want to give as much as I can to Emily's Entourage, so please pick up a copy for your kids or grandkids or friends' kids and help me spread the word. Check out thedifferentbook.com for all the details. And if you haven't yet, Please rate this podcast five stars and leave a review. It all really does help. Hey! All right! Welcome to the GK Show. Fun music at the beginning, yeah. Uh Hope you're having a good day. Let's start the pod. happy valentine's day hope you guys are all out right now i'm recording this uh i mean this is west coast time 10 39 p.m in california so there's a lot of you out there on date still huh mountain time you're still probably out there having your valentine's day date central time i see you're out there it's getting close to 1 a.m but you're still probably out there east coast Places stay up, stay open a little bit later in New York, right? You're probably out there having a good time on your Valentine's date. So, here's what my Valentine's uh, date day was not no date. Uh, My wife and I we made a little thing a couple years ago because Valentine's day gets so crazy going out to restaurants and stuff that we celebrate valentine's day you know like the day day or so before maybe a day or so after something like that because you know you don't get stuck with those restaurants that are like it's a valentine's day menu and it's six (laughs) hundred dollars um you don't get to pick what you want anyways you know so we made this deal so then i got offered a spot on a, a show and um and so what i did was i took it and it was a you know it was a later show, 9 45 PM, and I thought, you know, I'll take this show. And uh, what happens? One, even though my wife knows we're celebrating Valentine's Day another day, she was like, We're not even hanging out <laughs> on Valentine's Day. And I'm like, What? But it didn't really matter because she got super tired and she fell asleep uh, when we were putting the kids to sleep. So she fell asleep hours ago. So she wouldn't have been able to hang any who's any who's uh <laughs> but, uh, so I get down to the show, here's the point, get down to the show, and double booked, double booked, honest mistake, Booker's a nice guy, honest mistake happens, here's my thing, I don't think I'm going to get paid, (laughs) and it's like a weird thing in LA, there's a lot, obviously a lot of, you know, very successful, you know, comedians, famous people, you know, you've probably heard of, obviously, but then there's a lot of, You know comedians who are professional comedians, um, but you might not have heard of them. And then uh, like me, and then uh, well, I guess you've heard of me if you're listening to this. Um, But you know I'm not famous. And then there's a lot of people who do comedy, but they don't do it as like a full time job, and it's just like a little annoying. Just the principle, okay? I'm not one of those people that has like seventy five dollars in their bank account, and this is gonna, you know, we're gonna not be able to feed the kids tomorrow or something. So that's not it's not that i have money and everything but it's just the principle of it uh like there was a club for some reason people just treat comics like ah sorry about that you know there's a comedy club in missouri i did and uh what that's so weird my dog is sleeping i come home and i start recording a podcast and now he's trying to tear up the entire carpet i don't know if it's picking that up but it's pretty annoying and he's probably going to do it forever but anyways, uh, so there's this comedy club in Missouri last June, right? I'm writing on this show for Fox. I'm down in Mexico, and I knew that I come back from Mexico, and then I have this club uh, at the end of that month. I had to cancel some work to write on the show. But I'm like, yeah, oh, at least I got that club. You know, I'm writing on the show, which is good. It's good money, and it's a good, good thing to do uh, for a major network and everything. But then I'm like, oh, I got this club at the end of the month, right? So then I just, just, that's I had like a weird feeling, right? And I, I look at the website for this comedy club in Missouri, and post a headline, and I'm not on the weekend. That, I'm not on the schedule at all, right? So it's not the wrong weekend, it's not anything, right? So then I hit up the, uh, the guy who, the owner of the club, I go, oh man, I go, am I still there? Like the 28th or the 30th? I think that's what it was, right? And he goes, uh, oh man, oh, I must have double booked it, right? Didn't apologize, though. Didn't, say, like, didn't even like, say sorry. You know, he doesn't have to like kiss my ass or anything, but it's like, not even like a my bad or a sorry, just says, I must have double booked it. And then he just goes, can you do, and he names another date. And it's like, yo man, I was about to buy my flight to Missouri. And it's a good thing I checked before I did because, you know, I didn't say all this, but he didn't, he never said sorry. He just asked if I could do another date. And I'm like, no, I can't do that date. No, I can't. And then he's just like, ah, <laughs> it's like, What? Like, I don't, I just just feel like the principle of the matter is like, hey, man, uh, I owe you or like, I'm going to give you extra money. Like, he doesn't need to like maybe pay me in full uh, for the date that he, I mean, he should, that's the principle he should, but he could just be like, yo, man, I'll book you again. Let's figure out a date and I'll give you extra money or something, you know what I mean? But it's just like, no apology, just like, yeah, double booked it. What about this? No, end of convo. It's like, wow, that's. Not the way to do things, in my opinion. But anyways, uh, although this is the thing that's really annoying about it, I was also exhausted. Like I fell asleep, fell asleep, I fell asleep before the show, uh, putting my kids to sleep. I knew I was going to, so when they passed out, I I knew I was going to fall asleep. I was so tired. So I set an alarm so I could wake up and get ready for the show. I drank a double espresso shot, double espresso. Do you think I'm going to sleep now? My body, like, I need sleep. I'm so tired. I haven't slept in the last couple of days very much. And I need sleep. And now I am just wired off the double espresso shot. So, uh, yeah. I usually don't even take double espresso shots because usually one espresso shot's enough, but I was so tired. I'm like, I need to wake up. Let's go double drive to the club. It's packed, by the way. This show would have been awesome. Would have been a great show. But uh and the thing is, too, is like they're like, oh, you could like go up if you want. Oh, cool. Can I go up on the show and just do a set for free? It's like everything about that just seems off to me. Um, anyways, let's get into some of these links that I have. We'll, uh, we'll make this not just me bitching for five, six minutes up top. What's up, everybody? Uh, I have the day, finally. I'm in town at my house, and I have the day without my kids, either kid, so I have a lot to do today, but it would be foolish of me to not get a podcast out, because I know some of you guys are out there listening, and I try and put out a, I put out a bunch, and then I would go away for a while, because I just don't have any time. Um, anyways, again, I'm recording with my headphones, my iPhone headphones plugged into my computer, because the sound quality is just as good As when I use my $120 microphone that I was using before might be even better Um, so anyways uh, I got a couple things I wanted to get to Uh, one little quick tip if you guys have an iPhone and I'm sure this works on other phones too and I'm not thinking I'm like the only one to discover this but so you know when your phone goes really low in battery And then it says, "Hey, we're switching to low power mode. We're I don't know I don't know how your phone talks to you. Hey, hey, guy, (laughs) hey, we're all down here. It's us, the phone, the the one singular thing, but we're a group. Um, So it switches to low power mode to conserve uh, the phone's battery life, right? So what I do now is I just keep my phone on low power mode all the time." If you charge your phone on low power mode, it charges way faster. Once it hits 80%, it switches back into regular mode. And then if I catch it, I just go over and I switch it back into low power mode. And my phone goes from 80% to 100%. It takes forever. But if in low power mode, it does not take forever. It gets to 100% pretty quickly. So, uh, by the way, I knew right when I started this podcast, my dog was going to start barking in the background. This guy has been completely silent. I've been doing stuff upstairs for hours. I come downstairs to this podcast. This guy's going to bark in the background. So anyways, low power mode it. Just go on low power mode all the time. It affects nothing that matters. You know what I mean? Why not? And my battery stays charged. I use my phone just as much as I would use it normally. It doesn't drain the battery nearly as long normally when my battery would go down and already be down at like you know 20 percent my phone's at like 58 percent it's just great low power mode is where it's at i love it anything to not use as much energy in my life (laughs) on my phone i like to get away with as little energy as possible exerted um another thing i want to say real quick i don't know if you guys have seen the new aladdin with will smith i get kind of Uh, Sometimes a little burnout on all the remakes because Hollywood making a bunch of remakes now because uh, I guess I don't know this They're scared of using original ideas or they don't know if it's gonna connect or I don't know There's a lot of money in remakes, right? So I haven't seen the new Dumbo yet, but the new Aladdin when it first came out. I'm like, ah, whatever You know, I like Will Smith, but I'm like, well you know, Aladdin I'm not gonna go see that. So anyways, I have Disney Plus because of my kids I watched the new Aladdin probably three times already. It's so good. It's so entertaining. It's honestly such an entertaining movie. The girl who plays Jasmine uh, is great. Her name's Naomi Scott, I believe. And I want to get the name of the guy who plays Aladdin because this dude is great. His name is, I almost said Will Smith, Mena Massoud. Mena Masood. This guy's awesome. Just like a super handsome guy, very charismatic, great on screen, great dancer. Naomi Scott, all same thing. And then of course Will Smith. I feel like Will Smith is so famous, people like to hate on him, and I know his son is you know pretty weird, but Will Smith is a very good actor. That guy is like fun and charismatic. I just love it, man. The new Aladdin. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Because when I first saw it was coming out, I'm like, ah, ah, ah new knew Aladdin, I'm not going to go waste my time, I know Aladdin, and then you, if you ever watch one of these remakes, you kind of forget how great the story was, you know, I remember being a kid, I liked Aladdin, but then I watched it again, I'm like, oh my god, this is why I like it, it's great, oh, and also, when I was watching it the first time, Jasmine, she breaks into this song at one point, and I was like, does that, I don't remember this song from the original Aladdin, I'm like, they definitely wrote in a song for, like, female empowerment. <laughs> and I was absolutely right. I looked it up. She has a song where she's like, I won't be silenced. I don't know the answer words. And then she's like, I won't go speechless. <laughs> and I'm like, that was not in the original Aladdin. Great, It's a really good song, though. I like it. And then I looked up this article. Uh Maybe I could just find it real quick. Uh, because basically these guys... Yeah, it's called Speechless is the name of the song. And I found this article. Why the Aladdin remake added a new song for Jasmine to sing from Cinema Blend. right? This isn't a long one. Aladdin has, has one of the most popular soundtracks in Disney history with songs like The Genie Show, Stopping Friend Like Me, and the fantastic love song A Whole New World. Oh my God, Will Smith's A Friend Like Me was great. So good. It's like you forget that Will Smith, maybe I forget, like this guy was a musician, is a musician as well, and he's, like, I know people make fun of, like, getting jiggy with it, na-na-na-na-na-na-na, like, he does, like, catchy stuff or whatever, but, dude, that guy, what a fucking talented guy, I think it's so weird when people, human beings just have, like, this weird jealousy thing, where we like to hate on people who have a lot of money, or people who are good-looking, or people who are talented, dude, I've said this before many times, Zac Efron, super talented, Will Smith, super talented, okay, here we go, um, with music by the original Latin composer Alan Menken and lyrics by The Greatest Showman's Benj Pasek and Justin Paul the song is called Speechless uh, and it's sung by Naomi Scott's Princess Jasmine by the way I saw some of The Greatest showmen, and this song Speechless you could now that I, when I I'm not saying I could tell when I heard, first heard it like well I bet the I bet the uh, you know writers of uh, composers from The Greatest Showman or the lyrics oh the lyrics yeah Anyways, the song sounded like something sort of like similar from The Greatest Showman. Uh, So once I read that, I was like, that makes sense. Alan Menken told CinemaBlend's Eric Eisenberg that the new song fit well with a modern reimagining of Aladdin because of the song's modern themes of a woman who feels she is without a voice and wants to change that. Um, We thought something new for Jasmine would be appropriate, especially in these times of Me Too, to really hear from... To re- Why can I read? To really hear from her about wanting to be heard. It's mostly just nice for Jasmine to get a song of her own because she never had one in the original animated film. Jasmine's only opportunity to sing back then was as part of the, uh, the whole New World duet. That's kind of crazy, you know? Because I, I saw her break into the song in the movie... Oh my God, my dog. I just put my dog in the garage. I got to get some stuff done today. I can't have this guy barking through the whole podcast. So when I saw her do the song in the movie... Uh, I remember thinking, like, oh, did Jasmine have a song? And that's crazy. She only had a song as part of the Whole New World duet. Okay, so anyways, the article goes on. Most of the reason for that is unlike many of Disney's animated films, the princess isn't actually the main character of the story. However, in the new Aladdin, Jasmine is a much stronger character in her desire to be free of the constraints of the palace and be recognized for her own abilities as a major part of the story. The title song, Speechless, references the state that those around Jasmine, like Jafar and her father, seem to want her to remain in. She instead wants to be able to speak her mind. All right. Uh, you get it. So basically, when I first heard that, I'm like, did they do this because of what's going on right now socially? And they did. It seemed pretty obvious. I think it's a good song, and the girl's a good, really good singer and really good performer and stuff. I think she sings the song twice in the, in the movie, too. She definitely sings it once and then yeah she sings it at the end so um anyways great movie cast is great i love the guy who plays jafar is awesome too very very cool to see all right so um let's get to this real quick i watched a lot of the democratic debate last night it was actually finally fun to watch i'm sorry the other ones are just boring to me. They're all saying a bunch of like stuff to try and sound like they're the most, you know, progressive or whatever. And finally, because Michael Bloomberg was on stage, they got they like went at like everybody got their juices flowing finally. I mean, debates, man. You know, people like generally agree on stuff, but you have to like differentiate yourself. And the thing I hate is when people think they're in the lead or the front runner, they could just kind of sit back and blah blah blah. And like they don't want to like. Ruffle, you know, ruffle any feathers or or uh muddy the water at all or whatever, make any waves. That's what I'm trying to think of, right? So, you know, Joe, like it just wasn't fun for a while. There's people that were just, you know, some people were trying to, you know, get some airtime and stuff whenever. And I didn't like the other debates, man. There's too many people on stage. I thought they kept screwing over Andrew Yang. And would not let that guy talk. I think the one debate they just shut his mic off, and this guy's talking, and they just like wouldn't let him talk. So shady. Anyways, I do not trust any of these uh, corporate networks or anything. But so I thought the debate was fun because they were like attacking Michael Bloomberg, and then Michael Bloomberg's like, I'm gonna fight back. And you know some of the attacks are warranted. I think, In my, this is all my opinion, by the way, one thing I can't stand is that people don't understand that their opinion is their opinion, I get it, like, I I have my own thoughts, I like to hear other people's thoughts, sometimes my thoughts change after hearing them, nowadays people are just like, oh, man, like, you gotta agree with me about every single thing, so I don't care if you guys like any of these candidates, I don't, you know, I'm not like, oh, you're a shitty person for liking whatever, um, or whoever, Uh, but... I did think it was finally fun dude they're like attacking Michael Bloomberg and he's like yeah whatever I'm rich. He has so much money. I like I don't get why people think that's so horrible. Like Michael Bloomberg did not start out rich, okay? This guy like worked and created this shit and now he's worth like 60 something billion dollars. I don't know why so, like there's some people I feel like who are like oh man, you shouldn't be that rich. Yeah, you don't need to be that rich. I totally agree with that. But don't you also go? Holy shit, dude! That one guy is worth sixty-three billion dollars. That's fucking awesome. You telling me you wouldn't want to be worth sixty-three billion dollars? If I was worth sixty-three billion dollars, you know how many people you can help? And by the way, Michael Bloomberg does do a bunch of philanthropic stuff. And you know, if you don't, I'm, by the way, I'm not like promoting Michael Bloomberg. Like I think he's this great guy in every way, and you should vote for him or anything. I'm just saying, man, if I had sixty-three billion dollars, how dope would that be? Just being able to like. Help people out, give a bunch of money away, and doesn't even affect your life. Like it doesn't even. You could give a million dollars to people just randomly. Like, hey, blah blah. You're feeling tough times. Like you just lost your, you know, spouse. You know, to cancer, or in, you know, the uh, in a war or something. Here's a million bucks. <laughs> like, I just want to help out. You know, like you could. That'd be that'd be so cool, right? And a lot of these really rich people, and even if it is just a tax write-off, they do help out a bunch of people in a lot of different ways so and yes, some could do more and some do a lot and some don't do enough and whatever but they're still there's still just this wealth that's been generated that they help out a little bit so anyways, um, I just thought it was funny or fun, not funny but fun to watch uh, Elizabeth Warren. Uh, you know, good good on her. You know, I'm not an Elizabeth Warren fan, but good on her. She uh, brought up like Michael Bloomberg's NDAs with, with his female employees in the past, and dude, it's like there's no good answer for that. That was like that was fun to watch, and uh, you know, but and he's like, you know, there's several, but like both parties agreed it was like mutually beneficial and everything. Um, I thought it'd be hilarious. If uh, Michael Bloomberg just said, America, I'd like you all to sign your own NDA. I'll give you a million dollars each. Obviously, you couldn't give a million dollars each to everyone. But what if he just offered everybody like, I did the math. He could. I think he could offer every American like 200 bucks and it wouldn't even be, what are they, like, 330 million Americans? So 200 bucks, would it be $33 billion? Am I doing this math wrong? 330 million $1 each would be $330 million, $10 each. Okay, it's not. So $20. What am I doing? Whatever. Fucking, I don't know. But the guy could, that'd be just funny if he offered Americans all their own NDA to never talk about the debate again, <laughs> or at least that part of the debate. Um, thought that was good. I liked when Bernie Sanders, of course, is going to go after him because Bernie pretends to hate all these rich people. And uh, Bloomberg was just like, yeah, you got, he's like, it's crazy, like America's top socialist has three homes i'm like finally dude like the moderators never bring this shit up my problem with bernie sanders is i just think that guy is full of shit like and people will go like well you know like i've talked to people but some of my friends and family like bernie sanders and i talk to him and i go i don't like people who tell you you need to live a certain way but they don't live that way you know what i mean like if that's like if somebody's telling you that you need to be vegan, but they eat burgers, you know, like if someone's vegan, and they want to talk to me, like, hey, here's why I'm vegan, you know, blah, blah, and I'm like, all right, you're living that lifestyle, I'm not going to knock you for, you know what I mean, that's the, like, you're actually living it, but you can't fucking be (laughs) a guy who says, like, people have too much stuff, and have three homes, and then Bernie Sanders, like, his, his response is shitty, in my opinion, he's just like, yeah, I've got three homes like a lot of people in Vermont. I have like a, like, what do you say, like a cabin house or a lake house? It's just like, dude, but okay, that's fucking good for you, man. I don't care that you have three homes except the fact that you act like nobody should have a lot of stuff and you have a lot of stuff. Um, he also, like when he became a millionaire, he stopped hating millionaires all of a sudden. The guy was like, uh, you know, uh, he used to go around everywhere if you paid attention to Bernie Sanders. He's like, the millionaires and the billionaires. And then he became a millionaire, and he's like, what's up with these billionaires? And it's like, whoa, dude, what happened to millionaires? You know? And uh, he sold a lot of books, right? That's, that's his big thing. When he's finally asked about it at like a town hall or something, he goes, well, I wrote a best-selling book. If you wrote a best-selling book, you could be a millionaire too. It's like, no shit, dude. That's why I'm fine with you writing a best-selling book. I'm fine with you being a millionaire. But for some reason, you're not fine with people who make money in other ways. You know what I mean? It's like, what if he would have sold... I I tweeted at Michael uh, Bloomberg. He did not get back to me, as far as I know. Um, An idea. Michael Bloomberg could buy a bunch of Bernie Sanders books enough to make Bernie Sanders a billionaire. How fucking funny would that be? That's what I would do if I was Michael Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg has spent $500 million already, I guess. That's the last number I heard. I heard it was like $250 million. I heard it was $300 million. Last number I heard was $500 million this dude has spent on his political ads, right, uh, for his campaign, and that's like nothing to this guy. It's not nothing, but it's like, if you have 63 billion dollars, I mean, 500 million, you could spend 500 million dollars, and it's like, oh, I don't even notice it. <laughs> like, nothing has changed in my life. That is insanity, right? So, why didn't you just spend like 100 million dollars, buy a bunch of Bernie Sanders books, and then Bernie Sanders, a billionaire, you think Bernie Sanders is not going to like keep that money? Of course he's going to keep that money. The guy's got three houses. And then he's going to be like, well, my book fucking is the best book ever. It's like, you know, sold more copies than the Bible or something, you know? Uh, so anyways, my point is he became a millionaire because he had a best-selling book. The only reason he has a best-selling book, by the way, is because he's been a public servant and been getting paid with taxpayer money his entire career. So... You know, then now he's popular because of how like media is and everything, and all these politicians become popular, which is another incentive for politicians on both sides to like want to stay in office because not only do you get all the influence from all the lobbyists and stuff, you get all that, all those benefits, but you also you you could write a book and fucking everybody knows who you are. Ted Cruz, I don't know if he's written a book, like he could write a book, and all these people can write a book, go on Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, whatever, whoever will give them, you know, whoever whatever side they're on. ABC, NBC, they go on all these things and be like, yeah, I got this book coming out, you know, blah, blah, And It's like millions of people hear about your book when normally you should just be some, you know, I think ideally, you should just be some faceless person in Washington who's like working for the people, but that's like not what I think really most any of them do. So anyways, my point is if Bernie Sanders, forget Mike Bloomberg buying all his books, what if enough people did buy his book that he did become a billionaire? It's like, is he a bad person now because more people wanted his book? It's the same book. He, he i'm sure he believes in what he wrote in the book i'm sure he likes the book you know like a lot of people like the book okay so uh i thought that was good what else uh man oh yeah another thing i thought was funny i don't know if you guys saw but there's this video that went around uh where amy klobuchar could not she was being interviewed i think a reporter from telemundo um and he was asking her about the President of Mexico and what she thinks of him and his policies and she was clearly dodging like she was going like, well, I think it's very important and I'll visit Mexico in my first hundred days in office. I could tell you that much and whatever and he goes, yeah, he goes, but do you know anything about the president like any of his stances And she's like, I know that he's you know uh, blah. and she was just like making shit up, right? Which is like every politician when they don't know something they do. I thought it was funny when Gary Johnson did that in 2016 election with uh, Aleppo. If you guys remember, that was so funny. They were like, what do we do about Aleppo? And he's like, well, what is it? <laughs> they're like, you don't know what Aleppo is? Like, There's big shit going on in Syria right now with all the refugees? Anyways, so Amy Klobuchar couldn't answer this guy. And then the guy finally goes, I'm sorry. He goes like, I'm sorry to keep pressing you, but he goes, do you know who the president of Mexico is? And she's like, yes, of course. <laughs> and then he goes... What's his name? Do you know his name? And she, like, looks over to the side where I'm assuming her campaign staffer is. Like, fucking save me, bitch. <laughs> or, or whoever you are, guy. Whoever, you know, like, fucking tell me the answer. And then she looks at the guy, like, do you know like, do you know the name of the president of Mexico? And she goes, no. <laughs> she just said no, right? And this is my thing. She didn't say, oh, I'm having a brain fart. Oh, it's skipping my mind right now. Like, I do know. But, like, I just, I don't know, I'm blanking right now uh you know I haven't slept she could have said anything right like to make it sound worse she just straight up said no like I don't know his name no and then on the debate she was like hey I forgot for a sec okay we all forget things sometimes which of course she's totally true we do all forget things sometimes but I don't know everybody's different so you can't know 100% but I know when I know something and i forget it and someone asks me i don't just go i have no like i like do you know that answer jeff no i would go if i know that i know it and i'm just like having a brain fart i go ah man tip of my tongue what is it ah i, I, I know i know that but i'm blanking you know what i mean like i'm oh, i'm so sorry i'm blanking right now that's like people say some variation of that in my opinion so you don't just say no uh you know what i mean if somebody asks me like who's the uh you know, who was who the, uh, the, the president of France in 1960? Do you know the answer, Jeff? I'd say no, because I fucking don't know that. And I, it's not skipping my mind. I just don't know who the president of France was in 1960, right? So I'd go, no. Don't know it. I wouldn't like later go. Hey, I had a moment. I forgot about the president of France, nineteen sixty. I'm thinking nineteen seventy. I know all the presidents of France throughout you know the history of France, being a country. I just you know I was, uh, had a little moment there. So I thought that was really funny that you tried to spin that because man, it, this is my thing. When politicians lie about obvious shit, I'm talking about both sides. Who's buying this shit? I feel like people nowadays really. Like, I feel like things are so polarized. People really actually, like, love their candidate, which is just kind of, why do you love your candidate? Like, these people are full of shit, and they're spinning all the time, and I don't care, you know, again, like, I always have to say this because people get so upset, and, oh, you don't like so how could you not like so-and-so? It's like, they're all lying about shit. They're all pretending to be something they're not, and, uh... By the way, I think Trump is like so jealous that Michael Bloomberg, one, made all his money himself and two, has way more money than Trump. I don't know how much Trump is actually worth, you know? I think Trump is, um, I have no idea. I'm just going based off things I've heard and stuff I've watched and like, uh, you know, people who like used to work for Trump back in the day and things that they'd say. So I, I have no idea. But I wouldn't be surprised if Trump is worth like, 250 350 million dollars uh and he just because i've heard these things from you know and i know a lot of people who hate trump's new they're just saying it but i feel like i I could easily see this being true um that he was very important for him that people call him a billionaire like this has gone been gone on for a long time Like he wanted to brand himself as like a billionaire um so maybe he's a billionaire i don't know Uh, um he could be a billionaire he could not be a billionaire but in my opinion. I think that's everybody thinks he doesn't want to release all his tax returns because, uh, like, he he's um, you know in bed with Russia or something. I think it's way more likely this guy is just doesn't want people to be like, oh, you're only worth you know three hundred million dollars because to him that'd be like a big blow to his ego. So I think uh, I it's just weird like Trump is tweeting a lot about Bloomberg and I don't and it's just funny because all the political opponents are like he's scared of Mike Bloomberg and blah blah. And they're trying to spin. It. I don't know. I don't know if who's scared of who or whatever. I think it's more he's just like, fuck this guy, dude. This guy's worth 60 something billion dollars, clearly, and no one's disputing it. <laughs> and he has the tax returns to back it up. Uh, I just think, do, I thought it'd be funny if Bloomberg just told everyone on stage when they were attacking about money, if he just goes, hey, hand to God, I'll give you each $25 million to drop out <laughs> right now, tax free. And just see like who was like, uh, yeah, I'm probably not winning this. I might as well take that 25 million. I guarantee if he would have done that, there would be, you know, a couple people in the next couple of days. Maybe not right on the stage, because it would be like the worst optics ever. <laughs> but, you know, he go, hey, you got three days to think about it. Okay, I know you don't want to do it on stage now. The deal stands for 72 hours from this moment. <laughs> 25 million, tax-free, yours. Get out of the race, (laughs) because think about it. If you're, if you're, you know, obviously these people, I'm sure, all want to win, and I'm sure they kind of convince themselves they all have a path somehow. It it does seem like a very, you know, it's going to be an interesting year uh, with the election. But uh, if you're pulling at like seven percent, you're like, man, I don't know. Like these next couple states aren't looking good. Like I don't know if I'm gonna have a good Super Tuesday. I'll take $25 million, to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean, uh, I would just start doing funny shit if I had $63 billion. Like, you know, people are talking about, uh, you know, hey, Boom, but you have too much money. He's like, oh, I do? Okay, Bernie, how about you drop your pants around your ankles and count to 10? I'll give you a million bucks right now. And Bernie's like, I'm not going to do it. Well, you really, a million? Okay. Can I, he looks at the monitors. Can I do that? Is that okay? Can I drop my pants for 10 seconds? <laughs> like, hey, uh, Biden, just, like, uh, take your tie and then, like, pretend like you're hanging yourself and do that thing where your head goes aside and your tongue hangs out, you know? Uh, I'll give you $500,000 right now. You do that. <laughs> Why would you not do that for 500 grand? And then you could just be like, and I'm giving half of it to charity. And everyone's like, half of it? <laughs> well, I got to keep a little bit. I look like a jackass. I did the whole tie thing. I don't know. I'm just making weird shit up right now. But um, another thing I think is is interesting is people always act like, they know they can, people on TV like to pretend they know what's gonna happen. You know, they were saying like Joe Biden like, was, you know, this like clear front runner. And I feel like that wasn't really ever the case. You know, uh, Joe Biden has ran for president, this is his third time, I think. And he's never been like a strong candidate. His only thing now is that Barack Obama chose him as his uh, vice president. And my opinion is he chose him because Barack Obama was like, I'm going to be the first black president. You know, I want to get some establishment, older white guy who's just, you know, been around, knows all these people uh, as my running mate. Because sadly, I do think there are people who are like, I don't know, black guy. <laughs> like, It's just like, so I think he did that. And then that's why Joe Biden, Joe Biden was polling at, I think, less than 1% or 1% in 2008 when he was running for president. And so he's like, a, he's not like a great, candidate like he's never really been like a great candidate so they thought biden was gonna be like the uh like it'd be easy for him they kind of like pretended bernie had his run in 2016 bernie's people are like you know very into bernie and all that but and then like you know and then people have these little surges the whole like mayor pete Buttigieg thing uh you know he did well in iowa and it couldn't sound like i could have kind of like oddly rigged or something but seemed very shady what happened in iowa and uh, but, anyways, but like you know, and then they're like, "Oh, is he the guy?" You know, and I, I don't know, man. I just think it's so. Unless somebody's clearly the person, I it's. I think a lot of things can change. You know what I mean? Like somebody can have. It's like we forget this all the time. I'm not even that old, and uh, you know, I, I remember there's certain candidates who were like, "Oh, this person's like clearly like in 2016." I think a lot of people thought Marco Rubio was like this great candidate. You know, he's uh, he's Latino. And he's young and, you know, he's he's like, considered relatively moderate. He's not, like, super far right or something. You know, at least that's the way he was considered. And, uh, but then, he, like, got on the debate stage and it's, like, he didn't, like, it's just, it's so weird. People, like, don't seem a certain way. And then it's, like, okay. And then it just ruins them. Or they have, like, this weird moment. Like, Rick Perry in 2000, was it 2008? Was that 2008 or 2016? I can't even remember now. When Rick Perry... I think it was 2000. Fuck, man. I can't remember. He was like, he, he's on the debate stage and he's like, there's three things. And he just like named two and then he blanked on the third, which I think was an actual blank, you know? And then it was just like, he just looked like, ah, oh, this guy doesn't have it. And then he just like dropped in the polls. So it's like all these things, like weird things can happen. I have no idea what's going to happen. I still have, a, I don't think this will happen, but I did say, this was my prediction a long time ago, that I thought Michelle Obama was going to run. Uh, This time, and she's obviously not running. But there's this whole thing with like the Democratic convention thing, where if somebody has, if everyone's like the delegates are spread around enough, I think you need 1,991 delegates or something to get the nomination. That it's around there. I could be wrong with that number, but uh, so if you get to, if, if, if 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 like no one hits that that number. Even if somebody's got, like, a lot more than other people, I think it's, like, a contested convention, and then, uh, I don't know, they, like, vote at the convention or something or whatever, but then somebody could come in, and it's still a possibility if, like, the party needs, like, a savior, you know, at the last second. Obama hasn't endorsed anybody yet, Barack Obama. What if Michelle Obama steps in? Female. Uh, Obama's wife. You know what I mean? Like, uh you know, first, uh, female president and the first female black president. And it's like Michelle Obama. I'm not saying she would win or anything. I don't know what would happen, but like, uh, you know, she, I don't know. Like that'd be, that'd be so interesting. I'm just hoping for entertainment, you know? So, uh, and also like the, the Trump, I feel like a lot of people that are like on Trump's side are just like way too cocky. Like, Oh, he's got, this is going to be a landslide. I could honestly see it being a landslide for Trump, depending on what happens. I could also see Trump losing. Like, that's so, that's how crazy it is. Because uh, I don't know. It's just everybody's in their own lane, and they're like super parochial with their with like who they're dealing with. You know, like everyone's just in their own bubble, kind of. I know there are bigger they're there's bigger and smaller bubbles, but I mean, the internet is not what the country is thinking. Uh, And, you know, there's, there's, there's like sometimes like the, the loud minority, I'm not saying minority people. I'm saying like the loud minority group of people kind of drowned out just like the, most of the people in the country who are kind of like, I don't know, like Trump's kind of a jackass. Like, you know, I don't like him, but I don't think he's doing a bad job. There's those people. And there's people who are like, I fucking, I don't know, like I'm never voting for Trump. That guy's a piece of shit, like whatever. And there's people like, Oh, Trump's doing a great job. There's people like Trump's doing a horrible job and, Everyone's just like hearing stuff from their own outlets, and it's like there's not even enough time in the day to sit there and listen to everything, and then you'd have to actually break it down yourself. So I don't know what's going to happen, and I don't see. I'll tell you this: if Bernie gets screwed, I do feel like his people like him so much. I don't think they're just going to turn up and vote for like you know. I don't see Michael Bloomberg getting it, but if he, I, I mean, actually, I don't see. I don't know who's going to get it. If Michael Bloomberg gets it. I don't really see Bernie's people being like, oh yeah, we'll go vote for Bloomberg. You know, um, it, there's just so many different things that can happen. I thought Amy Klobuchar was having like a little surge, and she might, you know, uh, boost up a little higher. I don't know. I, I can't wait. What's uh, the Nevada thing? Is when's the Nevada thing? Is that today? When's it, when's the Nevada caucus? Is it a caucus state? I can't remember. if It's a caucus state or not? Let's see, Nevada. Democrat uh, voting let's see Nevada Democratic voting I don't know. I'm just typing in words uh, it's all about the debate oh whatever anyways the Nevada thing's coming up might be um, oh no, 2020 Nevada caucus here we go February and caucus day is February 22nd what is that this weekend? Saturday Wow, their caucus days on Saturday. Okay, yeah. So Nevada thing, but then that'll be Nevada, and then I think South Carolina is next, and then I th- think that Super Tuesday is after that, or is South Carolina part? No, I think South Carolina is before Super Tuesday. I'm not gonna sit here and Google while I'm doing the podcast the whole time. But um, yeah, it's like a very interesting. I think in Super Tuesday there's like a thousand something delegates up for grabs. So you know, going into Super Tuesday, if you have a lot of momentum, maybe you do better than you, people thought. You get a bunch of de- I don't know. It's also, isn't it so weird how, like, certain states determine the narrative, like, just the order of all this stuff? I don't know who determined the order. I guess it's the Democratic National Committee, I'm guessing, but, um, and the Republicans have their own weird way of doing shit, but uh, isn't that just so strange? It's like, Iowa, some people can get a boost after Iowa. You know, not even a lot of people voted in It was, like, 172,000 people caucused or whatever, and then there's, um, the country has, like, 330 million people. And then there's, uh, what was that what we just do after Iowa? New Hampshire, you know, and then it's like, then it's Nevada, then it's South Carolina, Super Tuesday. It's just weird how, like, the order of things because the demographics in all these states are so different. But anyways, I have no idea what's going to happen. I still kind of want to stick to my Michelle Obama comes in last minute at a contested convention thing just because I think that'd be interesting. I think that'd be... <laughs> how weird would that be, picturing Trump on a debate stage with Michelle Obama after all the shit... The Obamas say about Trump and Trump says about the Obamas like they are just like, um, that'd be fucking such good TV. you know what I mean? Uh, all right, so anyways, I guess I guess that's enough for the debate stuff. I'm sure I pissed off any uh, everyone, but uh, didn't mean to, but you know, there you go. So I just thought the debate was finally good, you know Bloomberg being I think Bloomberg being super rich is not a bad thing at all. There's other things about the guy can knock them for for sure but this whole like you're rich therefore you're evil like i don't get that at all <laughs> like I, I know people who not have 63 billion dollars i know people who have a lot of money and they're some of the nicest people I've ever met like i'm thinking about a specific family uh fucking like the dad the mom the kids like they are pr- like what, if you ask me what's like this name the nicest family you know it might be them I mean, they give to charity. They're just they're such sweet people. So this idea and that guy made all his. He didn't grow up rich at all, and uh, made all this money. Not going to get into any details because I want people trying to try and figure out who it is. Because uh, if I start naming stuff, you might be able to. But so, anyways, uh, yeah, there are shitty rich people. There are great rich people. There are shitty poor people, and there are great poor people. I don't think how much money has how much money you have makes you a better or Worst person. Um, so I think that's a weird thing to attack Bloomberg on, especially because he didn't grow up rich. Like if he if he was like born into a family where they had you know two hundred million dollars and then he ended up becoming a billionaire, you'd be like, whatever, dude. You know, I get. Uh, but still, it's like, who cares? But um, you know, he the guy fucking worked like didn't he do like paper routes and shoveled snow and shit as a kid. Like this guy was just like a middle class whatever. Like he wasn't born into a bunch of wealth. So um let me see a couple more things oh this is a funny little thing that i just think is i'll I'll never this is one thing i'm worried about now that i have kids i do not know how to explain to my kids how to deal with people because i just try and be a really nice person and that's that's as far as it goes (laughs) like i try and work hard be honest with people and be nice and uh obviously i'm i've had moments where i wasn't you know my best but that's all i know okay so this is the short story. I, um, when I was younger, I'd get hit up, you know, by different management, like, you know, entertainment management companies and, uh, you know, stuff like that. They wanted to manage me. And there's this guy who hit me up years ago. And uh, and I didn't know who he was. I remember he emailed me on like Facebook or something. He was like, hey, I used to rep Amy Schumer. And, uh, you know, I think you're great. Like he wanted, he wanted to represent me and he's out of new york and i had a manager at the time i can't remember what year this was i can't remember which management company i was with because i've been with a bunch but uh so i was like oh man like i already have a manager thanks for reaching out like that's nice of you you know like anytime anyone like like says like oh i like your work or something i think that's really cool you know so i was like yeah man i got a manager but you know thanks and uh then when i didn't have a manager you know i still don't have a manager right now but a few years ago I didn't have a manager, and I was like, oh, that one guy, you know, I wonder what he's up to. I went and found the, the message, then I hit him up, and I go, hey, man, uh, you don't have a manager anymore, I don't know if you're, what you're up to, or whatever, but if you wanted to, like, meet up, just, like, chat, see what's going on, and he was like, oh, yeah, definitely, like, here's my email and my new company, and I'm out in L.A., and, you know, uh, so I email him, and then he's like, oh, here, he attaches his assistant, it's, that assistant will come back into play, right? He attaches his assistant on the email, I he's like, yeah, Austin will set something up, you know? meeting so i'm like all right cool sets up a meeting and by the way i'm not like going to this meeting like oh i really want you to manage me i don't even know this guy's shtick i don't know his deal like there's a lot of really good managers out there there's a lot of shit managers so just wanted to like feel the guy out right so i uh so i meet with him and he was like hey like sorry like he was supposed to schedule this like at a different time he's like i have to take this call in like a half hour and he's like so we don't have a lot of time I'm like, oh man, it's cool, dude, let's just, I go, I'm already here, you know, like whatever, and he's like, yeah, yeah, he's like, I don't want to like, you know, have you come back, so we start talking everything, half hour goes by, and he's like, oh, I got to take this call, I think it was with like some studio or something, that's what he said, and uh, I don't know if it's true, I remember one time I was with a guy, and he's like, oh, I got to take this, man, it's Jamie (laughs) Foxx, he was, I think it really was Jamie Foxx, though, because I think this guy um, really did work with Jamie Foxx, but anyways, uh, that was a different guy, so I hit this, uh, so the guy goes, hey, man, he goes, will you stick around, and I go, yeah, so he wanted me to stick around, like, if he wasn't, in- this is my point, if he wasn't interested, he's like, ah, I'm not really into this guy, uh, he could have been like, look, man, like, we'll be in touch, sorry, I have to take this call, and I would have been fine with that, I'd be like, all right, cool, man, you know, and I was just seeing what happened, right, But he goes, hey, will you stick around, he's like, I'll try and get this call done as soon as I can, I'm like, yeah, and he's like, all right, and then he's like, here, go talk to Austin, you know, so, like, he sends, uh, his uh, assistant to come grab me, and he takes me to another room. I talked to his assistant, Austin, for a while, right, for like probably another like 20, 30 minutes, and then he gets off his call, comes back, he's like, yes, and then, then I'm talking to both of them, right? Long story short, guys, I'm there for like an hour and a half, okay, because they wanted me there for an hour and a half. I didn't say, hey, man, I want to stick around and talk forever. I would have been fine with a half hour, you know, if you're, you're, you want to talk more, you want whatever. So, at the end of the meeting or whatever, he was like, you know, I talked about some things I'd written and all this stuff and projects, ideas I had. And they were like, yeah, like forward that over, you know, like, uh, you know, like email us that stuff. We'd love to take a look at it. And I'm like, cool, cool. And then so the meeting finally ends after like an hour and a half and I go home, I drive home and then I, you know, get some, some of the stuff together, some of the materials that I've worked on and written that I would talk to them about. And I shoot them both an email. I'm like, Hey guys, great meeting today. Uh, great meeting you, whatever. All the stuff like uh, here's like those materials we talked about. You know, like let me know, you know what you think and all that. Like we'll be in touch. Neither one of them ever emailed me back, right? Such a weird Hollywood douchey thing, right? Like neither one of them ever even said. And first off, you don't have to represent me. I'm not begging you to represent me. Still, even at that point, at all, you could have just been like, hey man, like great meeting, thanks for coming in. You know, we'll check this out, and then you could have ghosted. Neither one of them even had the decency to just be like, that e- send that email, right? So they just ignore me completely. I never hear from them, and I'm like, all right, whatever. Fucking, that's why did you keep me an extra hour if you fucking weren't interested? You know what I mean? Like, my whole thing was like, I had to sit in shittier traffic because of it. You know, you could have just said bye after a half hour. No, they keep me for the extra hour and then ask me to email them just so they could ignore me. Like, I, it's so fucking weird. Uh, I would just never do that to anybody, you know. I would never ever do that to anyone. So, uh, here's here's where here's the whole reason I'm telling this story. I keep saying long story short, and the story is going longer than I wanted. Um, so, I get an email from uh, from the assistant. This was like three years ago now, or two and a half years ago, or something like that. I get an email from this name, and the name sounded kind of familiar, but I didn't even know who it was. And I opened the email and I was like, hey, everyone, like, I'm now working at, I just got a job at this management company. It's like this different one, right? And he's like, and uh, blah, blah. He's like, looking forward to, you know, uh, working with you all in the future and all the stuff, whatever, right? So I'm like, who's this guy? And I click on the name and I'm like, and I find in my email and I'm like, oh, that's that guy's assistant. That's the guy. That's why I know. That's why I have his email and he has my email. So this, so I was like, uh, I'm writing this guy back, you know? So I wrote this guy back, and this is just so funny to me, and I knew he wouldn't write me back. And maybe he will, but this was days ago, and he still hasn't written me back. So I wrote him back, and I'm going to read you exactly what I wrote this guy. Uh, His email said, let me see his mail. Hey, all, I'm very excited to let you know that I've started working at, I don't know if I should say it, blah, blah, as a manager. Please find new contact details below. He gives his His email and phone, right? I look forward to working with you further. Talk soon. Best. Okay. So I wrote back and I go, congrats on the new gig, man. Best of luck. I'm sure you'll kill it. Whatever happened after our meeting when Greg asked me to forward more materials? Just nothing. It's like, dude, what is it with people? You fucking kept me there longer than I wanted to be there. You didn't even respond with like a courtesy like, oh yeah, thanks for coming in or like nice to meet you. And then you keep me in your fucking contact list so you can email me a mass email when you get a new gig. And then when I respond to it and tell you congratulations, you don't even fucking say thanks. Like, dude, people just suck. Okay? I, that kind of shit bothers me. Like, you let me know. All right? Email's always in the show notes. And my social media, if you're not following, is Jeff Keith, my name, G-E-O-F-F-K-E-I-T-H. Write me a message, online, whatever, email. Am I nuts? That's fucking rude and weird, right? And it, I think it bothers me may, maybe more than it should. Maybe this should not bother me as much as it does, but and it doesn't bother me like, oh I'm going to go punch a wall or something." It's just like I can't stand when people just do little chintzy shit like that. Like what is the point, man? Like, erase me from your contact list so I don't get like your email updates about your life. And you'd say you want to work with me further, and then you wouldn't even respond when I say congrats. And don't keep me at your office, other guy, for an extra hour if you're not interested. I don't care that you're not interested. I don't even wasn't even that interested. Like I just wanted to, like I just like to feel these people out. But no, it's like, let's stay and just bullshit for another hour and then fucking blow you off. Like it's just so weird to me. Uh Anyways, um, okay. Here's another quick story about a person who I just annoys me. Um, well, yeah, let's just go straight into this, I guess. So I don't know if you guys know who Charlene Yee is. She's an actress, a comedian. So Charlene is um, she got she started getting stuff because Judd Apatow put her in. Was she had knocked up. I think she was a knocked up. Uh yeah and so then and now she's like in movies and stuff and she started dating Michael Sarah, you know from Rusted Development and they dated for a while and um she's in movies and stuff now she's in uh I saw this movie cuz I was just on one of the cruise ships I was working on um that that there's this Jennifer Lopez I don't know what it's called Jennifer Lopez and Treat Williams and she's uh she fakes uh, her resume, or her friends fake her resume, and Jennifer Lopez gets this job, at, like this big, uh, was it like corporate office job? But it was, it was like, an ad, is it an advertising firm? I don't know. Anyway, she gets this big job, and she she works at like a pick and save type of little supermarket place or something. And she lie her friends lie on her resume. They get her this great job, and then of course she kills it at the job, even though she's not qualified. And somehow, whatever. It's like a comedy, right? I guess. So she's in that movie too, right? So here's my story about this girl. And this is why it annoys me. I I know a lot of people who have become very successful. Like she's she's successful, obviously, but I know people who become like super, super successful and become like just huge, you know, comedy stars. I'd fucking mentioned Amy Schumer earlier because that guy I said he used to manage her, right? I knew Amy when she was like starting to get famous, and now Amy's like one of the biggest comedians in the world, right? So uh there's like movie stars, multiple people I know who are like movie stars now and everything. So Charlene. When I was like first starting out, and this is why I'm bringing it up, I'll tie it back into why I'm bringing it up, because I did a, a show with uh, my old friends Corey and Chad, Smash Brothers. These guys do like this uh, really fun show. They call it like the Dirty Show, and uh, it was packed. and I should have some footage from it coming, and I could put it on my Instagram or whatever. and see if there's anything usable but uh a great show crowds are always great shows are always packed those guys are like super nice guys so anyways i verified with them so i'm not completely fucking nuts that this was a this was a thing so there was this jazz club when i first started out there's this jazz club in huntington beach california called martini blues and i used to do a bunch of shows there the guy that would put me on the shows and then he started expanding because you know the shows got popular so he did multiple nights and he would kind of put me on whenever and it was great right Charlene, everyone, she's like a small Asian girl, and so everyone assumed she was like 12 or 13 years old, but I think she was only like two years younger than me. I think I was like 19, 20, and she was like 17 or 18 or something. Because um, it wasn't when she was getting dropped off by a parent or anything, but she was really, she's really small. And she's, you know, you just can't tell. You're just a little girl, she's a small person. So, um, anyways, she was there all the time. As well, right? Probably not as much as me, but she was there all the time. I used to see her, and she was very awkward. She would kind of do like an Andy Kaufman type act, like, and everyone thought it was original, but it was like, this is like li- literally what Andy Kaufman used to do, like one of the bits where she'd like play like a tape recorder and like mouth along to it and then kind of like pretend like she was messing up. There's like a famous Andy Kaufman bit. Anyways, um, so she'd always see me and she'd be like, oh, hi, Jeff, you know, and she'd like give me a hug, like a little, like, you know, she'd come up and like hug me, and I'm like, oh, hey, Charlene, how's it going, you know? I see her all the time. So, fast forward, you know, she gets, you know, starts getting in movies and stuff. And then, you know, I didn't see her for a while because, you know, I wasn't doing that club forever and neither was she. And then I saw her, I was dating a girl who was a performer at UCB, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in Hollywood. And so, a lot of the UCB people, next door there's a bar called Birds and they would all go there and like drink afterwards and everything, like all the sketch and improv performers and stuff, right? So... When I was dating this girl, like she's like, oh yeah, we're all going to Birds or something, you know, after one of her shows. So I'm like, all right, so I go over there, and uh I saw Charlene like at the bar, and I did not do this in front of people. I wasn't like trying to do like show everyone I knew her or anything. And I don't give a shit like that she was in like I think that's cool that she's in movies, you know. I, th- I think it's cool when people that you work with, you know, obviously you're like, oh, I want that too, but like. I think it's awesome. Like when people I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like we fucking started here, and now like you're in movies, and you know, and obviously she's not the only one, right? So, I uh, so I saw her, and like no one else was around, and I go, "Hey, Charlene," and she's like, "Oh, hi," and I go, and she like she said it like she didn't know me. I go, "Jeff Keith," I go from remember, I go we used to do Martini Blues like all the time back in the day, and she goes, "Martini Blues." ho, <laughs> I did that show like one time <laughs> and I just looked at her like wh- I didn't say it but I'm like looking at her like, with like my like my brow furrowed I'm like what the fuck are you talking about you know what I mean like you definitely didn't do this show one time If you did that show one time I probably wouldn't even remember you know what I mean like I wouldn't act like I know you for sure like you used to come up and say hi Jeff and hug me like you'd come up to me and be like hi Jeff and hug me so I just go uh, okay I could just tell she was trying to be like a shithead about it you know and I didn't say this in front of people like yeah you used to do martini blues like anyone there would even know what it was and she's like oh I did that like one time so I was like this girl's just fucking jerk and so I just go okay I go well good seeing you Charlene and I just walked away so anyways last night I said to Corey and Chad I go hey guys I go you used to do martini blues right and they're like yeah and they used to do that all the time I go you did it all the time too right And they're like yeah and I go you guys remember Charlene Yee and they're like yeah and I go, she was there all the time, right? They're like, yeah. And I, go, I told them the story. They were just like, oh, man, fuck that, dude. Like, you know, like, uh, that's, so many people are so lame. And I go, I couldn't believe it, dude. I go, this fucking girl used to be like, hi, Jeff. <laughs> and now she's like, oh, one time. Dude, fuck, I cannot stand that shit. And the thing that bothers me about it is some people think, like, if you're, like, like stereotypically nerdy looking, you can't be a douchebag. I know so many of these like nerd so-called nerdy comics or whatever. They're such douchebags. Not all of them. Some of them are fucking great, but some of them are just fucking dicks. And like you think like it's only like a only like a, you know, frat looking guy who's a douchebag. There are fucking female douchebags, there's male douchebags, there's nerdy douchebags, there's cool guy douchebags like I dude, I could not that fucking shit bothered me so much. All right, Um, yeah, and uh, okay, so let's see, I got to everything, I thought this was gonna be a lot quicker, Uh, last thing, a little tip, if you guys don't know about this website called Scott's Cheap Flights, go to scottscheapflights.com, it's like $49 for the year, I don't get anything out of this, I'm just telling you, and they send you, it's like an algorithm, they just travel the internet, they search the internet, travel the internet, they search the internet constantly, to find like really good deals on flights. Another comic told me about it, Orlando Laba. Great guy. There's an example of a guy who's a fucking awesome guy. Um, really nice guy, funny dude. So Orlando told me about it. It's great. Like every day you'll get like anywhere from like one to four, five emails about different. <coughs> you tell them your home airport, so they're not sending you stuff from other places, you know? And it's out of like your one of your home airports to places. <coughs> Oh, my God, sorry. All over the world. And uh, they give you, like, great travel deals. And, but the only thing is you have a short window. You have a short window where you can book it. It's like, we think this deal will be available for the next 24 hours. Or we think this deal will be available for the next two to three days, right? So you have to jump on it and, like, really try and get the deal. And you have to book it right away. So I told my wife about it. And I go, Christy, should I sign up for that? And she's like, yeah, definitely. I'm like, well, if we, you know, if we get a good deal, we got to, like, book it then. Because they don't just last forever. You have to, that's the whole point, you know? The deals are like flash deals, and the internet, this the site finds it for you on the internet. And she's like, Yeah. So, there's a couple places we talked about we want to go. And every time, like this morning, there was one for Spain. And that was one of the places we want to go. My wife's part Spanish, and she's also been to Spain. And I've never been to Spain. And she wants to go back. And also, that was like one of the places we kind of want to go. I really want to go to Eastern Europe because I was in Poland for like two days or a day and a half. And I want to go back there and just like really hang out in Poland, I wanna to go to Ukraine. Um, so she does too, by the way. So, anyways, um, of course I told her this morning, I'm like, hey, just so you know, today, scott's Cheap Flights, Barcelona, Madrid. I go, You wanna do it? Wanna book it? <laughs> and she was like, Oh cool. And then of course it's gonna become this discussion. Well I don't know. Cause it's not like every day of the year you can you get the deal. They show you on the the map when the deals are and it's like we gotta pick one of these and uh, my point is I don't think we're going to pick one. <laughs> I don't think we're going to pick one. I think it's going to go a whole year where I spend $49 just knowing about great deals. And I'll never actually go on them. All right. Anyways, I'm being a little negative. I actually think she called me twice just now. So maybe she wants to book this deal. Um, love you guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, tell a friend if you want. If you haven't yet, please rate the podcast five stars. It only takes a couple seconds. Leave a review. And... Um, my book, man, My people really like my book. I sell it after shows and people really, really like it. So if you're parents or if you know parents or if you are a teacher, a lot of teachers have been buying my book. Uh, just go to thedifferentbook.com. You can see all the ways to buy it. And I, again, I give 10% of all the proceeds to Cystic Fibrosis. Uh, Emily's Entourage is the name of the charity if you want to look them up. All right, guys, hope you have a great weekend. I'll try and get more of these out. This one was longer than I thought, but there you go. Thank you for the to my daddy.